We're going to start a brand new series today that I'm calling Be the Church. And uh, so you, you, if you've been coming for any time, you know I do fairly long series, so this, this won't be a, a quick series. Um, but I, I really think it's important that we dig into the idea of what it means to be the church. We, we touched on this in the last series, um, that, that we're the church. You and I are the church. And, and I want to really take some time to talk about what that looks like um, for us and, and what it looks like for the world around us and how important that is and how amazing that is, um, that, that we're in Christ. We're part of the, the most amazing institution, if you want to call it that, in the world. The, the one that has a promise that the, the gates of Hades won't come against it. We, we're going to be here until Jesus comes back. The church, a historical, has, has continued to do amazing things over 2,000 years and will continue to despite adversity and persecution um, because it's Jesus' church. It's his church and it's an amazing thing to be a part of. And so I really want to dig into that with you in the weeks ahead of how important that is. We're, we're also going to be tying into it the idea of being upward and outward and inward. Uh, and we'll be looking at that throughout this series. And that has to do with, uh, you know, when Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your, all your mind, all your soul, your, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That in there we get the idea of being upward, outward, and inward. And, and Jesus was really sort of summarizing the, the Ten Commandments, which I've told you all along isn't, wasn't a law thing, it's a love thing. This is how we're to love as the people of God, and that, that as the church, we're to love God, and we're to love others, and we're to figure out how to love ourselves. So we'll be digging into that throughout this series as well. So that's where we're heading. That's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke or two. Oh, so when it's hot outside, this we have to cool this place off to keep it cool. So I know sometimes it's a little cold. But here's the thing. If you get cold, just go and stand in one of the corners because the corners are usually around 90 degrees. That one gets a second little ripple. It's a math joke. My, my wife doesn't usually like math jokes, but she told me she liked this one. If you have 13 apples in one hand and 10 oranges in the other, what do you have? Really big hands. Really, really big hands. Giant hands. I looked up opaque in the dictionary. The definition wasn't very clear. Okay. Done with that. Scripture reading here on purpose. Ephesians 3, 1 through 11. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has been now revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of His power. Although... I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, and listen to these last two verses, his intent was that now through the church, 
The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I really want to dig into those last two verses, verses 10 and 11, which I think sort of give us four questions. What is the church? What is the manifold wisdom? Who are the rulers and authorities? And how do we make it? Known. So let's jump right in and talk about the church. What is the church? Now, uh, I, I love the church, so let me start out with that. And, and um, when you hear the word church, I want you to make sure that you understand that the, the church, that word church, is either referring to um, all of the people since Christ who have followed after him, or it's re- referring to a group of people in a specific place. But the church is always people. And, and so um, we need to know that, that is, if you're a follower of Christ, you're the church. Uh, and so right now we're the church gathered corporately. When you leave, you're still the church. You're just the church out on mission in the world around us. But we are the church. And, and we talked about that a lot in the last series, and, and I want to sort of continue to work on that idea because we, we develop the idea that we, church is something that we do. I would say that most of us at some point today say, hey, we're, we're, we're going to go and we're going to do church today, or we're going to church today, or we have that idea. But the reality is you are the church. And, and we're gathered together because it's extremely important corporately to do that. But, but we're the church. So the church is something that you are, not something that you do. And I want that to become extremely, extremely clear to you because it begins to change the way that you look at life in the process. So, so the church refers to us as people. And, and I love this idea that the church has been, been going on now for a couple of thousand years and, and that, that we're a part of that. And so we're a part of what's taken place throughout history, his story. And we're connected to that. And that, that we're here today because the church that's come before us, they've, they've done what they were supposed to do, which was to live for God and continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we had our way in as well. And now we're joined with them. And, and the church, you know, so, so they, they're continuing to do almost everything that we do. Think about it. We, as a church together, they're, they're worshiping God and they're in his presence and they have all those things going. The only only thing that they can no longer do is they can't go out and tell other people about Jesus. That's on us. That's our part. They did it faithfully, and now that's on us. But we're a part of this amazing story, this, this amazing group of people that, that God has made called the church. And I, I want you to get a hold of that and, and know that as a follower of Jesus, that's, that's you. You're, you're the church. We're his body, and he's the head. And how amazing that is to be a part of this entire process. It's not just something that you do. It's something that you are, and it's rich and deep. And, and that the, if you read the book of Acts, I'm always encouraged you to read the scripture. You read the book of Acts, and it's all about what the early church was up to. And, and in some ways, that story continues on in us. Don't, don't ever hear me say that you know, the scripture is complete, that book is finished. But even the way it ends leads to the idea that that story in us, the church, goes on. And we're continuing to do the same things. We're seeing God move and miracles take place. And we're, we're watching the power of God move through the world around us. And people are coming to know Jesus. And it continues throughout the world in the midst of ridiculous amounts of persecution throughout the world. And yet the church continues to grow and to thrive. Because we're the church of Jesus. And that's what he's doing. And he's doing it in us. So we need to understand that about the church and that we're part of that whole process that's going on. Uh, It says in Ephesians 1, 
22 and 23. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, Jesus, to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. That's us, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so, so being a part of the church is just this amazing amazing thing and as i said i, I love the church we we uh, if you if you've come before you hear us we pray for the church we pray for the church where where, where the gospel is being preached we we pray for that we we feel like um you know that that we have a mandate for the church and years ago i felt like lord said we're to be a lighthouse in this area and and the lighthouse obviously down here is a very important thing at least it certainly has been um, and a lighthouse is a, gives warning and lets people know hey watch out for this and then shines light and gives them the, the path that they need to be on and we need to understand that that that's that's what we're called to be our our mission as a church is one more we keep that very simple and we say it all the time so that you get it one more one more what one more lost child back to dad that's our our purpose and it gives us direction and I love the church. I love the whole church. I love us, this church. Uh, you know, when I'm, so when I say church, what I'm talking about, specific group of people in a place, that's us. I, I love this place. I love being a part of us and this group. And, and so, you know, we started coming here uh, a very long time ago. Uh, Alice and I didn't start this church. We, we stumbled into it in 1985. And we had just gotten saved. Uh, literally two days before we ever made an entrance into this church, we had just gone and said, this church was started by another pastor, and it was in a little tiny building over in uh, near the health food store now. And, and the story's a kind of interesting story. So we had both gotten saved, which was miraculous, and uh, we had been far from the Lord. And uh, this was new to us. I certainly didn't grow up in a church family at all. I had no idea uh, what that looked like. And uh, I used to work nights. I used to run bars back in the day. The, it's very similar to what I do now. And, uh, so I worked late at night and, uh, I had worked late Saturday night. I, I probably didn't get home till three or four in the morning and I came home and I went to sleep and all of a sudden I'm hearing, you know, Alice is up and moving about and I'm like, what are you doing? She's I'm going to church. And I'm like, Oh, I guess that's what we do now. <laughs> that was news to me. And, uh, I said, I'm exhausted. She said, okay, I'll go. I'll go. And I said, okay, see you later. I went back to sleep. And she I didn't know where she was going to church or anything. There was half a dozen churches on the island. I went back to sleep. And then all of a sudden the phone rings. And this was 1985. So actually we were saying, Alice and I, this all feels very familiar, all the 80s decorations. Um, and I, so the phone rang and the, the phone wasn't convenient, you know, and it wasn't a cell phone. It was across the room uh, where I had to get up. And we were teasing earlier. It's like one of them old phones where you have to do this whole thing, you know, the dial thing. You can really frustrate a kid nowadays. Hand him one of those. Say, this is how you make calls. I don't get it. Anyway, the phone rang and I get up. I have to get up to answer it. And I answer the phone and there's nobody on the phone. <sighs> Now I'm awake, right? I'm up standing like, okay, I'm awake now. And so I guess, I guess I'll go to church and I had no idea about going to church. So I just put on a, a pair of shorts and some kinos and, and pretty much what I do now. And, uh, which is why this had still happens. And I, I said, I'm going to church and I, so I'm not sure where to go. I started driving. I went past three churches and pulled into the little church over there. And that, that happened to be where Alice was. It was very cool. And, uh, and so that's where we went to church and, 
this has been our history since then. We've, we've been here and stayed here. And not many of you were with us back then when we started. Danita is still here. She was there. She's sitting right back there. She's been here for a very long time. Pastor Barry was there. Bill Underwood was here somewhere. I saw him earlier. Bill was there. Uh, and, and Sandra. So, so uh, that was a long time ago, 1985. That was only five. So it was a big step. The whole driving thing at five and working late. Anyway. So let me tell you, when I say that, that I, I love the church, I love being a part of the church, this church and the, the, the larger church and all that that means and what a joy that is. But I, I want you to think about what it means to be the church. I, I want you to really start considering that, that it's just not something you're coming to do here every now and again, that this is you. This is your part of this because of Jesus. You're part of the church and it's larger than us. And, and, you know, we love the church, the church that's preaching the gospel. I, and I never want you to think that I think we have it all figured out, because I don't. We're just a bunch of broken people that, that Jesus loves, who we love back, and we're just trying to do the next right thing and bring people along with us on the journey. And that's what it looks like, see? So, so we need to know that. You need to sort of let that start to work through you. Now, that's the church. So what is then, point number two, the manifold wisdom that Paul's talking about? And he said he's written about this before. Let me read to you out of 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 24. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand a sign and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God is called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So so the mystery of God and the wisdom of God is that that on the cross Jesus made a way for us to have eternal life with him. He's made a way for us to be reconciled to God in that process which is huge, but beyond that there on the cross he purchased for himself and formed this new group of people called the church that's made up of everybody who believes in him who follows Jesus. That's the true church of Jesus. Those who know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It talks about the gospel and how important the gospel is. And I always talk to you about the gospel here because I want you to, when you hear gospel, think good news and think about 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again according to the scriptures, that that's the good news. That's what people need to hear and respond to in order to go from darkness into light. They respond in faith and become followers of Jesus. And that's our mission is to share that simple good news to the world around us. But the world around us just thinks, see, their wisdom is, is, is thinks that they've got everything better figured out than, than we do, the church. And they don't think they, have to, they should listen to us because it sounds like foolishness to them. You know, I'm, so I, I pastored for a long time, and, and so I think of stories some time ago. So I, when I meet people outside of here, I don't always immediately tell them what I do. Because they'll, they treat me differently. Like one way that they'll treat me is, I was thinking, so there was a time years ago when I was out golfing. I used to golf. I don't golf anymore. Not that I have anything against golf. just doesn't, something I do. And uh, 
I got tired of chasing a little ball around, throwing sticks in the water, frustrating, embarrassing myself. That's another story. Anyway, I was out golfing, and uh, I had been um, paired up with another couple of guys that were golfing. And uh, one of the guys was interesting. He was uh, a linebacker for the NFL. He was a linebacker coach. Sorry, coach for the for an NFL. And he was fascinating. He had fascinating stories that he was sharing throughout this whole thing. But he was very colorful in his... Uh, in the way that he shared stories. I don't know how else to tell you that. His language was exciting, all right? Which doesn't bother me. I live in the world. It really doesn't even affect me a little bit. I, eh, whatever. So, uh, and, and, and his stories were fascinating. They were great stories. And then around the ninth or 10th hole, he asked me what I did. And I said, oh, I'm a pastor. And he hung his head down and he started to apologize. Like everything that he'd said the whole time. I was like, dude, you don't need to do These are great stories. And he, he basically never said another word the whole time. And I... I could tell he just couldn't wait to be done with me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what the, what is he doing out here? I, so that, so oftentimes when people ask me what I do, I, I will usually start by saying I'm a motivational speaker. And then kind of ease into the rest. Because that's true. I'm not lying. It's, I'm motivating people to know Jesus. So I'm very comfortable with that. But it sort of gives me a little more leeway in the process of seeing handle it. But the other thing that happens when people find out what they do is there are some people who look at me and go, well, do you, like, do you believe in the Bible? And I say, yes, absolutely. And they'll shake their head. And it's 2019. I get this more than you can imagine. How can you possibly believe in, a, in a, like a fairy tale like that? And I'm like, oh, you just don't know the Bible. The Bible is amazing. The Bible's supernatural. The Bible's alive. The Bible was written over 1,500 years by 40 different authors, and yet every bit of it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it ties together perfectly throughout. The first three chapters and the last three chapters tie amazingly, and everything that happens in between is the story of Jesus and what's going on. And it talks about how He pursues us and loves us, even though we're such a broken mess, and this theme of redemption is weaved through it, and we can find Jesus in it wherever we look. And, I, and I, it's like the most amazing thing you've ever read. Don't don't read it with these blinders on to go. Oh, this you read it like the story that it is filled with truth and grace and mercy and the love of God for you, and 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 so so and then they never talk to me again. But anyway, <laughs> look, we're we're to be passionate people because we're the church of Jesus. We're the body, and He's the head. And he, he's, we're into this amazing thing. So we have this amazing wisdom uh, that he's given us in, in the scripture and in the good news. Who are the rulers and authorities? Point three. Who are the, fortunately, there's two scriptures also in Ephesians, which, which let us know who he's talking about there. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities. Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And also in Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit, who is now at work at those who are disobedient. So the, the rulers and authorities, as Paul's talking about, are the enemy and his kingdom of darkness. And they are intent on keeping human beings blinded to the truth that will set them free and bring them into eternal life. That's the enemy's intent. He doesn't want people. He's blinding people to the, to the gospel. And he's doing everything he can think of to keep it from taking place because he doesn't want people to come to know Jesus. And as the church, we have to realize that we're involved in a cosmic battle that's significant in the process. I often think this way, that the well-being 
of Christianity in the Florida Keys is in our hands. And, and if you let that sink in, that's a huge deal. We're not the only one, the, the church, but the, the church. And, and so in this area, it's, it's in our hands. The church of, of believers, it's in our hands. And so we need to understand that, of what that looks like and, and what that means and how big a deal that is in this process. And, and it, it's supposed to change us. And what it's supposed to do is this last thing. Is, is how do we make this wisdom known? And most of you will know the answer to this when I started initially, but we're supposed to live by doing... Very good. Thank you very much for listening for the last 20 years. The next right thing. We do that. We do the next right thing and the next right thing and the next right thing with the reality that we're not perfect and that we're, we're just a group of broken people heading out, walking this thing out the best we can, knowing that we need the grace and mercy of God and allowing it to flow through us to extend to people around us. But, but you know, in Matthew 5.16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Live this thing out with that light shining through you like the lighthouse that we're called to be. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're not out doing things trying to earn God's approval because we already have it. We're doing these things because He loves us and we're responding to that by being the church. And, and being people of mission, called to and understanding this. Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us, Jesus did, to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people, his church, that are his very own, eager, eager to do what is good. See, that's the, the, the mission of the church, is we're to live our lives in a way so that people can see and know that God is real. Not in a pretend way, not in a we're better than you way, but, but in a way that lets people know how real God is, how much he loves them, and how desperately he wants to be in relationship with them. It's tricky because we live in a culture that's constantly trying to redefine things all the time. And, and the, the culture is trying to call good bad and bad good. And yet we live here in the midst of this broken world, this, this, this fallen world, this broken planet, and, and we... We exhibit and love and proclaim Jesus because he's the truth. And, and we're his. We're the church. So just start thinking about that this week. And we're going to spend a bunch of time going through all sorts of ideas of this because it's a, it's a pretty big idea. But that's good for today. Ministry team, those are here, why don't you head over the wall. People on the way over that wall are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. But let me pray for you as a group. And then we'll dismiss. Papa, we are so thankful for who you are and for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome God. Thank you for including us in your story, God. Thank you for including us in this this amazing thing, the church. What a great joy and privilege. And Lord... Help us to settle in that and and live in a way that it makes a difference in the world around us. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again today for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. And ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
Let's take care of that today as well. It's, it's humility and faith. In, in humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us here you've sinned. Asking God to forgive you what you're doing. Then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never prayed a simple prayer like that, do it now. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life. If you need help, just go over there and ask somebody. Say, I want to know Jesus, and they'll know what you mean. They'll help you with that. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay in our breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible, draw people in for the 11 o'clock service, God, so they can hear about your amazing love for them as well. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to death. Prayer is there. Breakfast will be in the back. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Happy Father's Day. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.